0: Thank you for tuning in to the Afternoon Pint Podcast. Our show will start right after these messages from our sponsors. Hey Matt, we're thinking of selling our home and finding a bigger place. Oh really? I thought you guys loved where you lived. Oh we do. Our family is just growing. With pets. A dog, a cat, two guinea pigs, a hamster. And you're planning on getting more? Eh, Maybe a goat or a crocodile. Well I have the person for you.
1: Kimia Nijat is an experienced real estate agent who prides herself in finding the perfect home for her clients. We're just browsing now. I'm not sure if we really need a realtor yet. Yeah, no worries. Kimia can help you with the comparative market analysis to help you determine the value of your home if you're planning on selling, or help you determine the going rate for the neighborhood you're moving into. She can also work at your pace. Awesome. All right, I'll give her a shot. What's her phone number? On Facebook, Kimia Nijat is... Exit Realty Metro, her phone number is 902-880-8429. And her email is kimia at exitmetro.ca.
0: 902-880-8429. Awesome. Thanks. This podcast was brought to you by Dan Lomas at L-O-M-A-S, of Lomas
1: Are you a small business owner who wants to keep more of your hard-earned profits and pay less taxes to the CRA? Do you want to plan for a comfortable and secure retirement? If your answer is yes, then you need to talk to Dan Lomas at Lomas Financial. Dan
0: Lomas is a financial advisor who has been helping successful entrepreneurs and business owners for over two and a half decades. He utilizes customized solutions that can help you keep your earnings dramatically reducing passive income tax. Dan Lomas and his team will
1: help you transition corporate wealth into personal wealth by utilizing customized
0: executive pension plans. Dan will show you how to convert business wealth into personal wealth in a professional manner. Don't let the CRA take more money than they deserve. Don't let your retirement dreams fade away. Contact Dan Lomas today and let him guide you on your path to financial success. Visit Dan Lomas at
1: lomasfinancial.ca or call him direct at 902-209-0855. That's 902-209-0855. This is Matt Conrad.
0: And this is Mike Tobin. Welcome to the Afternoon Pint. This week we speak with Terry Spurns and Kelly Williston of the Nova Scotia International Student Program. We learn about how this program helps foster international students and families sharing spaces and cultures, broadening the human experience for all. If there's an extra room in your home and you feel this is the right experience for you, go to nsisp.ca to learn more. Thanks again to Station 6 in Spryfield, Nova Scotia for the great beer and location to record this episode. Enjoy. Welcome
1: to the Afternoon Pint. I'm Mike Tobin. I'm Matt Conrad. And we are welcoming Kelly and Terry here from NSISP. Yeah, there you go. That's a mouthful. So, uh, first off, I guess what we should say is, what does the acronym stand for?
2: Let's start there. So, it's the Nova Scotia International Student Program.
0: Cool.
1: Awesome. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Nova Scotia International Student Program, uh, what does it, just give us a quick kind of high level, what do you guys do, what do you bring, like, obviously I know that you bring in international students into Nova Scotia, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, give us some more details about it.
2: So it's a consortium of the seven English school boards and the French, the CSAP. And um, we work together. We're one large provincial program. So we're run by, we have a central office that sets the policy for all of the regional centers for education. And we work together in partnership with the Department of Education and Early Childhood Development. And we bring students in from all over the world And we bring them here to Nova Scotia, and we integrate them in our schools and our families and our communities.
0: And at any age from, like, primary up? Grades used to be. Okay.
2: um, Now it's grades 7 to 12. Cool.
1: Yeah. 7 to 12. Okay. You know, I don't even think I've ever met anyone that was younger than grade 9. I don't think. But that's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of, like, grade 7, grade 8s coming in? Uh,
2: we used to. Yeah. Um, definitely we had more, and we had groups of students that would come together as a group. Um, but more so the majority of the students are high school age. Yeah, it seems yeah. that way, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know because I've cause I've, I've, uh, I've chaperoned a couple of events and things like that in the past, like the ski times and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And thing. But it, it's a really cool program. I mean, I, I think everyone has uh, grown up with some sort of like what used to be like a, an exchange program and things like that in the past, but this is obviously a lot different than that. This That's is just right. recruiting people to kind of come here and experience something very different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's obviously some details involved into it, but, um, how is it that you find the families? Like, how do you go out? Or do they just immediately apply? Do
2: they look? They just appear yeah. out of thin air. They appear out of thin air. Oh, <laughs> I awesome. wish. Yeah. No, it's a it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's mm. it's a full time, twelve month, twenty four um, seven, job recruiting yeah. families because. Everyone's life circumstances change, yep. you know, especially we noticed that a lot in COVID. So all of a sudden that spare room that you had is now your office right? because uh, you work from home right? or your kids had to return home right. or your elderly parents are living with you now. Um, yeah. So especially since COVID, we noticed, um, you know, we had a real decline in host families or people just weren't that's interested space, yeah. anymore. So um, that's really ramped up. But regardless, it's a full-time job every year because it's always a revolving door yeah so
1: the finding the families um that's all the hardest part what about the students Do they, like, is it easy to find recruiting? Do you have to travel at all in terms of, like, other countries to promote it or anything like that? Yeah,
2: we do. Um, And, um, you know, we travel and recruit quite a bit. And the whole idea behind that is if we're not sitting across the table or we're not in the front of that classroom, somebody else is. Right. Because it's, I mean, every country now pretty much recruits international students. So we do recruit, but we work with agency partners in these home countries and we have strong partnerships and, and contracts with them. Right. And, uh, we've built a really great reputation here in Nova Scotia because of, I'm going to say primarily, um, the staff number one, cause it's, it's, you know, we've got, we always say it's not just a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And, and I mean that full heartedly and Terry can attest to that. Um, and then in terms of families, you know, I think, you know, everybody wants to go to Canada. That's, that's a well-known. When I travel, I mean, everybody's excited when they find out you're Canadian. Everybody wants to go to Canada. But when right. you say, how many of you know where Nova Scotia is? Crickets. Mm. They want to go to Vancouver.
3: Yes. They want to go to Toronto. Yeah. So
2: we have to sell four times as hard as those other programs. But I'll tell you what sells us is our homestay program. Because I don't think that there's any hospitality in Canada that is equivalent to what we have here in Nova Scotia.
1: Yeah, because you really are competing against other provinces at this point. Oh, right? 100%. Like, yeah, because you're trying to lure people in here and everything. Yeah. Um, it's funny because, so I mean, Terry's obviously been doing this for a long time in terms of just uh, home staying, like actually like having the the students stay with her. Um, I don't know, how long have you been doing it? Like 10 years?
3: Um, actually 11. I started hosting okay. in 2012, December of 2012. 2012. Okay. Yep. And uh, then in 2015, they offered me a job. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So,
1: so uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. So I know you've been doing it for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen a lot of students come and go, whether it be your students or, or you know, my mother's hosted some, or, or just the students in general. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what I personally find what's really cool about this program um, is that, you get to have conversations with people from all around the world about their culture and just the differences. And like, I actually find them very interesting conversations. I mean, some may think like, "Oh, they're just high school students," but you know, they're young adults and they're coming with history. They're coming with they're smart. You know, it's often it's you know it, they have to be pretty adventurous to say I'm leaving my family for a year or even if it's just a couple months. And I'm going to up and leave my family at 15 years old mm-hmm. and move to a place I've never heard of before
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, integrate myself mm-hmm. in, this, uh, in this place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've always had really, really great conversations, I mean, with a lot of them, right? Um, so I think it's actually a great opportunity for a house family to not only, I mean, there's some financial benefits, obviously, uh, and we can get into that. But uh, on top of that, there's um, the world comes to you. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool, like some really interesting things there.
2: Exactly. Well, our slogan is "Bring the world home." There you go. And for exactly that reason, because you know a lot of people don't get the opportunity to travel or meet right. different cultures or learn about different cultures. So this is a way of bringing the world home in your living room, at your kitchen table, yeah. in your community, and learning firsthand from these students. And, it's and beautiful. It
1: yeah. is. And you know what? The other cool thing about it is it's not that it's the purpose of doing it, but you you learn like especially if they live with you for a year. A year it's a long time to live with somebody. And you build real friendships, like almost like family type friendships. Like we still have people that come back to visit us and they're like, you know, we just had one who came back from Italy and she still refers to me as her I, I never lived with her because you know, I was an adult when she came to my parents' place, but she yeah. still says, like, I'm her house brother or yeah. kind of thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. she still refers to my son as her nephew, and <laughs> things like that, right? Like, yeah. it's it's just one of those things that they, they become family. Mm-hmm. And it, so it, that's a really special thing. But on and exposing that,
0: your own kids to the world yeah, side of the exactly. one you live on, I think, is so vitally important. Raising a kid right now, it's like, you know, the, the, the biggest thing we're trying to teach, or one of the many things you're trying to teach every day, it's like... Don't worry about the shoebox, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to expand from that. And there's a whole world right. out there of possibility. Exactly. And it's so cool and vast. Mm-hmm. These small little scary That's moments, right. they're, they'll go
3: away. Because
2: right? our kids don't travel the world. Like, right. typically, right. our kids here from Nova Scotia don't travel the world yes. like these other countries do. You know, we typically kind of grow up. Live yep. in Nova Scotia, stay in Nova Scotia. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. And it right. gives these
0: young students a sense of maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, just by traveling the world, the problems that other student might have uh, that grew up in Halifax or Dartmouth, uh, they, they they might uh, be a little bit insignificant, or mm-hmm. they, they might feel there's a little insignificant, mm-hmm. right? So I, I just think it's really cool to help open up people's eyes mm-hmm. to to the other cultures that exist.
3: That, that's not, what I've told my host families as well. A lot of them will say, oh, maybe I'll do it when Johnny moves out or goes to university. And Well, Kelly can attest to the fact, um, because she brought up her daughter with several host... Uh, 30, internation- to be yeah. exact. 30 30? international students. Oh, my God. Students, yeah. Wow. And, so her daughter got to grow up with these kids. Yeah. And... You know, you don't want to wait until your kids are out of the house. You want them there. You want right. them to see that and build these friendships from across the world. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I mean, you said, like, you know, with with the, with the traveling and stuff like that, like it's you. Traveling can come a whole lot cheaper if you know people to stay with across the world.
2: <laughs> so, that's true, you and, get invites. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, right? And it not, does that, happen. not that
1: that's why you do this, but it is a really nice spin off.
2: The families and the students are so appreciative yeah. of the opportunity and the experience that you provide their children here. I can't even tell you that I had people all over the world begging me to send my daughter to their country and I was like ah uh, no
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: a little nervous and they were like are you kidding me I sent my daughter to live with you for a year yeah. and you won't send your daughter over here for a month you know so I didn't reciprocate I did a little bit safer than like Ecuador <laughs> I know I know but when she got older yeah, um, she was in university she took two years off and she my daughter traveled the world wow and floated around and lived with all of her international sisters yeah all over the world and I wow. was absolutely petrified that she wasn't gonna come back and wasn't gonna get her degree. Flash forward it all worked out. She ended up with a double major. She graduated, she did just fine. You know but at the time I kind of thought she was gonna end up being this kind of gypsy that was gonna float around (laughs) with all of her international host sisters. But what a great experience! I mean, you yeah. could
1: probably you could probably make some sort of like now with the day of Instagram, you could probably make a career out of that. You Probably could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The international Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, especially thing.
3: if you hosted thirty. That's yeah, a lot of. Yeah, to visit. yeah, you have a I lot I just want of, to interject there. Yeah. I also have hosted thirty students. Oh wow! Are you up to thirty. Yeah. I'm up to thirty. Wow! Yeah. And from fourteen different countries. Wow! Right. That's cool. But the difference between Kelly and me is I host two at a time, so that's why my numbers are higher or oh, are the okay. same, but right. in a shorter period. Yes. Right,
0: right, right, right. So yeah, shorter period. Being a like a food guy, just very simple. Like, have you been oh, introduced yeah. to a lot of different cool foods and 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 ideas? Or, or uh, from the kids, what, what do you think?
3: Terry ate crickets. Oh wow! I I did (laughs) crickets. Wow, but I ate those in Mexico. Yeah, were they Uh, chocolate coated or no? But that was no. no. No? But that was because of the international student program. That's right. Uh, I did. I went to visit one of my students in Mexico. Okay, and I stayed with his family for two weeks, and they were awesome, and they made me eat crickets. Yeah, but I think it's called chapulina. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what they're called. It's a delicacy. Did you like it? Um, I ate them three times. That's pretty good. Wow. The That's first really time good. was after having lots some of, beer. Lots of, yeah. I was going to say lots of mezcal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the second mezcal. time, uh, I was fully aware. Mm-hmm. And the third time, I, I just keep telling myself that they're walnuts. crunchy like walnuts. <laughs> so they taste like walnuts? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they were salty. They were salty? Yeah, very. I love okay. salt. Ask yes. Brendan. He ate some.
1: Yeah, he did eat them, but his he almost threw up because they were, like, a little bit wet. Yeah, they were uh, very good. They didn't look I good. I
3: had one that night, too, and they were good. Yeah, But they were very good in Mexico. And you'd eat them with lime and salt. So. Cool. But you must have had students that cooked different um, meals yeah. for you. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, mostly the Italians like to cook. Yeah. Okay. Um, carbonara is always a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cassia, that one's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, true. But there's there's some interesting like like I know
1: uh, like my parents are hosting uh, a teacher actually mm-hmm. right now, so they yeah. are for hosting a teacher a teacher for a month, and uh, she's from Turkey and she's been cooking some like Turkish dishes. Fabulous. Like so yeah, like that that's kind of cool. So it's another like kind of a cool perk that you mm-hmm. can have like. They can introduce the like this world delicacy, which is actually something that I did during COVID to kinda help pass the times. Every Wednesday my wife and I were like, We're working from home, what are we gonna do? Like so every Wednesday we decided we're gonna cook a different international food. Um, and you can learn so much about a culture through their food. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We like leaned hard into it and we decided like we're gonna do research, we'll read about the like where it come like where it comes from and all this stuff and just make something mm. and so yeah you get a lot of this stuff good you talk you about guys. the food and stuff yeah. like that right so I mean uh, there's been a lot of great students that have come through and they've you know for the most part they seem like really good kids mm-hmm. right
2: we had many st- I've had many students that were fabulous in the kitchen mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: once I knew that I could trust them you know because <laughs> right. honestly you do have to worry about them using appliances and using stoves yeah and, things and are different different, different. things so yeah, you yeah. know you don't know if they're going to put metal in the microwave I mean right. I could tell you stories. Yeah, um, but. Once you know that they're quite adept in the kitchen, Um, I've had students that cooked for me, I'm embarrassed to say, full time. And then when they left, I was like, (laughs) how am I ever going to get back up to speed again? I mean, I would walk in the door. They would text me. I'm making this for supper. Does this sound good? I'm like, that sounds wonderful. I get home from work. Dinner was made. Wow. But, um, yeah. No, I I got fairly spoiled. And,
1: and so, like, okay, so we can get into, I guess, some of the um, logistics of it. So, like, it, obviously, if you decide to be a host parent, you get uh, compensated for hosting these uh, these these students. Um, so, what is compensation and all that stuff? What does that look like?
2: Yeah. So compensation is seven seventy five a month. Yeah. And that's meant to cover their room and board yep. and uh, reasonable transportation. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But, but food
0: yeah. as well? Like
2: food as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you work it out, when you do the math and you work it out, it's definitely, it's, it's not a moneymaker. No. And, it's, and an that's, that's, it's, that's right. it's an experience. That's right. It's an experience. And we're not looking for families that are motivated by, you no. know. No. Yeah. Um, a bad
0: precedent. Yeah, you know,
2: but we're not looking for anybody that's Mother Teresa either. You know, we're not expecting people to do this for free. But there is a component of it for sure that's meant to be a labor of love. I mean, Mm -hmm. we want people that are genuinely interested in these students, genuinely interested in bringing this culture and this diversity into their home, teaching their own children, learning something, showing off this beautiful province that we live in. Um, I mean, there's so many perks to it. That, that we can talk about in terms of being a host family. There are so many perks to it. Um, but making money is not one of them. And I like to be very clear about yeah, that and up to be front.
0: Clear. Like so if someone's listening to this episode right now and say they listen to everything that we said here now in the first ten minutes and they're like, Okay, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm hook line and thinking you got me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the, the drawbacks? I wanna say drawbacks, but what are some of the things that you do have to Make sure you're you're cognitively aware of, because sometimes it's kind of like adopting a... I yeah,
2: mean,
1: it's like a not adopting a pet. Like yeah, you have to fully right? know, what know what you're yeah. getting into. Well,
2: I think it's a... I can speak from my own personal experience, and I've heard enough of this from... Because I was a host parent before I worked for the program, so yeah. now I, I sit on the other side. And I think, you know, there's a lot of fears of the unknown. I was mm-hmm. there at one time myself. I'm, I'm sure Terry was. You know, just in terms of opening up your home and your private space to a stranger is a a very intimidating thing because it's not something to take lightly. Like, you know, it's you're taking in a person, a human being from the other side of the world that someone has entrusted you with their child. So you know, thinking about opening up your your home and your private space and bringing this person in and what if it doesn't work out and yeah. what if I don't feel comfortable and what mm-hmm. if I just want to lounge around in my PJs and I don't feel like getting dressed. Oh, or, right. sure. um, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? What if yeah. I'm just not always feeling like I want to be looking my best or entertaining somebody? Um, you know, what does that look like when you've got a, a stranger here from a foreign country that's completely reliant on you? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think what most families are surprised by, and myself personally, and and like I said, enough families have come through that I've seen this, is that, you know, they realize that the perks and the benefits far outweigh any of the, you know, I just want to let it all hang loose in in my own privacy of my own home. And, uh, you know, are we going to be good enough um, are we going to be entertaining enough? How much work is this going to be? How much responsibility is this going to be? They find out that it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a great way to become a tourist in your own backyard. That's it's a true. great way to get to know your own province and your own community and get involved and become more active because cool. yep. we all know that the, you know, the, the, pumpkin festivals going on yep. or the pumpkin people down in the valley and right. we all say oh we'll get there one day because it's always there right but all of a sudden you've got these international students that you're showing them this all for the first time so i've been here there and everywhere yeah. multiple times i'm sure you have i as went well. to Mahone
3: bay this weekend for the scarecrow festival yeah. with my two students oh cool. yeah. yeah
2: but if you didn't have students probably wouldn't have gone you take that stuff right. for granted we yeah. all do no everybody true. does yeah, absolutely. but when you have a newcomer bright-eyed and bushy tailed
0: yeah and they get, you get to see it through their eyes that's bit. right yeah, and you it's get to so kind, kind of experience it
2: yeah. as they would
1: yeah in real time yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I can speak to myself like for myself personally well I, I mean I've never really taken on a student my wife and I haven't but um Yet. Uh, yet. Not yet. <laughs> honestly, but quite honestly, I would say we're, we're, we're open to the idea. Maybe just not yet, just because we have like a two-year-old. Okay. Um, and I don't, you know, with the... And you know how two-year-olds can be. Like Monday night, he was woke up at twelve thirty, like screaming because his molars are coming in. Kind okay. of thing. I don't know if I want to do that to somebody <laughs> yet. Um, but when you know older, and when they get a little older and stuff like that, it'd be something we consider. Because my wife was an au pair; she lived in Germany for a year, so she did her her okay. way of exchange and, and just living with another culture. And I, mean, I love traveling; I've been to Europe several times, and so I mean, I like all of that. And I actually really enjoy the fact that terry and my mother and others have kind of brought these students in because i love having conversations with them i do mm-hmm. i just it's i've developed relationships with them where it's like you have some great combos and uh i've you know inadvertently benefited from from that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh so it, it's great that they just are coming into the community and some of them stay like stay stay oh they do like we've had several mm-hmm. who have just said like yeah i'm not going back
3: they spend all of high school here. They go to university, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm just here now." Well, my very first student, yeah, um, Madoka. Yeah, she was here from Japan. And what you were saying earlier about uh, being a little afraid, you know, I'm, I'm a single woman. I've I've been. I she was my very first student. And she spoke very little English, mm-hmm. and it was very trying. A little nerve wracking at first. It was, yeah. it was, and thank God Kathy was next door, my sister, because yeah. she she was much more patient with her than I was. Okay. I had
1: funny story though.
3: Wait, I had friends who were yeah. retired teachers who yeah. helped me a lot with her. Okay. And do you want to tell your funny story before I tell you that Madoka is still here? She is still here. Yeah. She is working for our university kind of partner mm-hmm. like edge nova mm-hmm. cool and uh, she was at my house on new year's day she still comes back to visit me mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome and yeah. she
2: came to our annual conference and she spoke Yours.
3: Yeah.
1: very,
2: very well. Yeah. yeah. Capsie. Yeah, yeah, we had a capsie. And on. so,
1: I mean, that's 11 years ago, and she's mm-hmm. here 11 years later from Japan yeah. and everything. But she fun- never went back. Like, no, she, she never back went back. back. Yeah. yeah. she. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so uh, the funny thing, though, is like, uh, she, says, she says her sister, my mother, lived next door. Except the funny thing is about my mother is, and this has happened with Madoka, we're sitting there at Christmas, and Mom's talking to her. Mom likes to talk in a very elevated voice when people don't understand or when like you know the language barriers there <laughs> and i said to her i was like kathy
3: she is japanese not deaf <laughs> <laughs> but it so, does happen a lot that people will speak yeah. more loudly to mm-hmm. people yes Mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. that's not going to help mm-hmm. them understand any better no yeah. no
1: it doesn't speaking clearer and maybe you know slow slowly and emphasizing things a little bit more that can help but Mm -hmm. yeah but i've actually found like more and more as this program seems to have grown because i mean like when madoga was here it seems like she was the only one (laughs) um but now it seems like it's grown quite a bit um covid definitely slowed you down a little Mm -hmm. bit but uh just before covid it was like huge and it seemed like there was more students that i could keep track of and uh but they all seemed like they were pretty good. Like most of them are pretty good at English. It mm-hmm. seems that way. So there's some rules though that you guys have, right? Um, obviously male, male, like you can't have male and female stay in the same household, I believe.
2: Well, it. you know, it all depends and that's probably going to change as, you know, culture evolves and, and, yeah. and uh, but for the most part, if someone has a teenage daughter at home, we would place a a teenage female student there. Makes sense. Or if someone had a male teenage son at home, we're probably going to place another male teenager there. And and I think some of that is just, you know, I had a teenage daughter, and Terry said I hosted for many, many years. And so, yeah, I mean, did I want some, you know... Real good-looking, suave Brazilian boy moving in. That's fair. That's just the no, reality. No, I didn't. That's fair. But that, thats the reality <laughs> of things. Obviously, they're yeah. teenagers. But they're young. They're teenagers. But yep. anything exotic. can happen anywhere. But it exactly. was just that's my generation.
1: Yeah. No, and that's fair. And I mean, yeah, that, so, but
2: that is evolving. That, that, course, okay. That's
1: because. so. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's some yeah. things that are changing and things like that. Uh, the other thing too. Um, uh, languages and things like that. Like you encourage them that, to obviously learn English and enhance that. So uh, it's my understanding you don't often put same countries in the same household. Oh, never, never.
3: Yeah. No. Okay.
2: Or the same language. Or even the same, same language. language. Right. Because, That's what I mostly mean. Because yeah. Chile and Colombia would right. Right. both speak Spanish. Right, yes. Right. Right. Um, so no, we would never put the same national. And really, we wouldn't put two continents together for the oh, most okay. part. Yeah. If we can help it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we wouldn't, we want to, you know, if we're going to so put somebody smart. with a host sister or a host brother from another country, we want them to learn as much from each other as they would from being with a Canadian family. So, right. somebody from Italy, you know, European country, we would want to put them with somebody from Latin America or somebody from uh, Asia. I talked to a
0: dude the other day, and he was very young, and I was like, he just came to this country. And he speaks, like, better English than I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Arabic is his first language. I'm like, dude, how would you get so good so fast, yeah. right? And it was just he emerged himself, right? Yeah. He said, I surrounded myself with English-speaking people, mm-hmm. and that's what tamed. And he said, you know, if he hung around with his Arabic friends, he would kind of yes. slip back. He's like, i lose everything. So and you can I just do that. He mentally focused for a couple of years, he said... And, he, and then he was able to immerse himself in a language, right? right? So that's so cool and so important. To, uh, and it's know. easier
2: in rural Nova Scotia compared to Toronto or Vancouver.
1: Yeah, exactly. 100% because there's, there's so a much there. Big difference. Yeah. And why
0: is that? Well,
2: just, I mean, English is primarily the first language oh, here. I okay, mean, I know, yes, you know, yes, now, okay, yeah. especially in Halifax, I mean, most yeah. of the immigration is only happening in right. Halifax at this point. Um, so we've got a little bit more of that in, in HRM. Mm-hmm. But on, on the outskirts. I mean, I, I met a, it's funny because an old student that I used to host, a prior student that I used to host um, from Brazil was coming back to visit me probably eight or nine years ago. And and he called me when he landed at the airport and he said, I've met this guy and he's from Chile. Mm. Um, and uh, he's, he's, you know, coming to Halifax and he'd like to, can I, can invite him to supper? And I said, yeah, you know, sure, mm. no problem. And um, when he arrived at my house, um, cause Felipe had told me that he had been living in Toronto. He met him on the flight and he'd been in Toronto for the last six months. So when he arrived for dinner, I expected that he was going to speak a little bit English and he spoke, no English, uh, none whatsoever. I was, cause I was getting ready to head out the door to Chile. So I was saying to him, Oh my gosh, where are you from? I'm heading to San Diego next week. And I, I wanted to pick his brain a little bit yeah, and, right. you know, yeah. and he, Felipe had to translate every word. And I said, I thought you said he lived in Toronto yeah. for the last six months. I was kind of confused. And he said he did, but all of his friends were Spanish. Right. And so learn he didn't no. Find your pack. So I, kinda, I guess the people yeah. in Toronto told him, if you want to learn English, yeah. you need to get a ticket and move to the East Coast and go to Nova Scotia. So we did. he ended up working in a oh, fish plant wow. in Shelburne. Yeah, that'll do it. There you and go. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll sound like he, to, he they'll did, sound like Tobin yeah, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't find many Spanish speakers there, and uh, his English came a long way.
3: Yeah, um, is that we we don't put more than six students from the same country in one school? Mm. Oh, okay. okay. So. Um, if I have six that makes sense if t- I have six German students that's in I can only put six in one school okay um, now I have two schools so technically I could take 12 German students but um, that's one thing we try to the only downfall of that is that right now it's JL I have 17 students and of those 17 six of them different countries but are Spanish speakers, and I have right. to get on them too. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. So so yeah actually, that. since we're on to that, why don't you guys actually explain what you guys do for the organization? Now that we're kind of you mentioned that, so, I mean, you said you, so. You have uh, Ilsley and uh, Citadel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So,
0: so they're
3: my two schools. I'm I'm called a homestay coordinator, so it's my job to do the recruiting of the host families. Mm-hmm. So we and have, you live
2: in the community, which is. Very important. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And when I started um, as a home as a host parent, um, I was, what did I say, four years into it, three years into it. And I remember them calling me and asking me if I wanted to be the home state coordinator for JL Littlesey because right. I knew I lived in the area. So, well, I kind of have a full-time job. Yeah. And that's okay. There are only five students there. And I had one at... <laughs> Uh, Canard. I had Mm -hmm. a junior high that year, too. So I had six students, which was very manageable with my other job. And then I just started to grow it. Right. Because I enjoyed it so much. And just getting the word out there. So, I mean, we do Facebook campaigns. We're doing this campaign. Mm -hmm. We have posters up all over the place. And just the best one still is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Right? I remember sitting around my kitchen table one night, and there were Sharon Blanchard was there, and she was the one who got kind of introduced me it to it, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, a couple of my other host parents were there. And then there was this one lady, I said, Tracy, you're the only one who hasn't hosted. She said, Yeah, I got to go now. And she <laughs> got up and <from> left. <laughs> but I mean, that's how, that, that's how you draw them in. Right. Is, right. You know, oh, look, see, see how much fun I had with. Thomas and Carlos. They were great students. Yeah, yeah they yeah, were great. They right? do it
0: a great thing in the process. It's mm. just feeling good. I mean you feel good to so. do things like that for others and help mm-hmm. grow your own mind and others. I think it's I think it's really really quite sweet. Yeah.
3: yeah. So then we vet all of the families. Yeah. Like um, they have to go they have to do a criminal records check and a child abuse registry check mm-hmm. and we have to go to their house and make sure that they're you know, not putting them in a closet somewhere. They have to right. have, they have to have their own room with um, a regulation window door. Okay. And so once once we see that all of that is met, then we ask the um, we ask the host families to fill out a profile as well. The students will fill out a profile in their home country, and. We get to know our host families, and then when we look at the profiles of the students, we try to match them as best we can. Nice. Like, if, you know, if we have a, a host family who has a boy that's right into soccer, well, I'm going to look for a Brazilian right. student for him or right. something like that. Yeah. Right? Right, right, right. So...
1: I've seen some of them. They're actually quite detailed, like the the like the, the like profiles. Mm-hmm. Of, yes. Well, the profiles of like the students yeah. of, mm-hmm. you, you and them and like.
3: the and the host families as yeah. well.
1: Because yeah, you go through them, you see them, and yeah. like you kind of really they, they they tell you who they are, kind of mm-hmm. on paper. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah. So um, uh, Kelly, like, uh, what do you do with the organization?
2: Not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: dear.
2: <laughs> no, I, I'm busy, but um, you know, I really have to say it's the home state coordinators that are really the front line yeah. and the face of the program because they live in the community, like Terry does. So yeah. she lives in the JL community, which is incredibly important because I feel that you know a member of the community knows the community. JL
0: High, uh, high School, right? JL High, JL high, school. high school, yeah.
2: Oh, and um, just... you know, they're recruiting the families, they're getting to know the families, they're building a rapport with the families. They're the ones seeing the kids in school every week. Um, they're the ones that are doing the matchmaking right from the beginning, which is incredibly important because mm-hmm. that really can set the whole tone mm-hmm. for the for the experience. Yeah. Um, and so, it, I'm program manager, um, so I oversee um, just a lot of the day to day operations and make sure that policies are being followed, and of course, always making sure that we're evolving and making the program better. Um, mm-hmm.
1: It it seems really like you know you've obviously hosted a lot of of uh, students and you've hosted it's 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 interesting to see how uh, how much fun this actually gets to be where you start off as hosts,
3: mm.
1: like you know hosting these kids and then all of a sudden you start working for the organization and all mm-hmm. that stuff. well that's
3: two of us right here yeah, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. exciting, right? There's more than us the, I right. think of the seven homestay coordinators that we have now yeah we have seven we, in HRM yeah okay. I think we all hosted the Jen host? maybe i don't think
2: okay. but for the most part for everyone. six of yeah. the seven has, has hosted. hosted students cool. yeah so that's yeah cool.
1: so really you're kind of like i mean it, it, because we've had so many that have actually stayed here you're, you're kind of another level of uh of immigration in a way because mm-hmm. you're really kind of exposing people and they end up staying kind of thing so it's a
0: such yeah. so a smart way to immigrate into a country it really yeah. is and
2: 25 percent right? of our students stay
0: yeah Wow. University.
2: 25%. 25% okay. stay for university. Awesome. And you have yeah. to think about it, too. So these students, not only are they paying tuition, yeah. which... It, and a lot more because
1: international students pay that's
2: more. That's right. Yeah. On average, about nineteen thousand for the, for a full year student. Yeah, that but should also be a separate
0: episode. yes, <laughs> that's crazy. But they're the
2: contributing too to the economy because yeah. when you think about it, Every when they're time. here, they're shopping.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're buying
2: um, movie tickets yeah. and um, bus tickets
0: yeah. and yeah.
2: plane tickets and entertainment yeah. and yeah. insurance and, and shopping at leaders,
0: the mall, right? In the community, or yeah, nib- and they get yeah. such confidence in the community because they've been fostered into it, that's right? From the from the jump right yeah. so it's so cool yeah
1: so yeah. uh is there anything else that you want to like share with us that you think people really need to know about this program i'll just have one quick oh thing. you have one. Okay. no
0: no no keep a question just how anyone that's listened or listening to this podcast is still on board and say this is something that i want to explore a little bit further what's the best way for them to reach out and yeah. and kind of get a hold of somebody so
2: if they wanted to reach out, we have a general email inbox, okay. and that is at hrce.ca and we monitor that inbox on a regular basis. And if anyone's interested, we can send them lots of information about the program. If they want to take it a step further, we would set them up an interview with their home state coordinator in their area. And uh, just to determine, you know, that they're suitable for hosting, and ensure that they understand what the expectations are before they make any type of decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So you don't have to jump all the way in, but if you're just curious, host a Mm -hmm. student at Mm hrc.e.ca, right? Correct. Cool. Awesome. Is there anything else
1: before we kind of close it up that you guys wanted that you think people need to know?
2: For me, yeah, the only thing I would really say as a as a real selling feature, I guess, which is not what I'm here to do, but as a re- but yeah. speaking more from a host parent right. than than program manager, is I can tell you that what I got out of this program, what I received from it, was tenfold what I put into it. I know, I know we don't have any a, a lot of time, but I could sit here and tell you for. A week on end, all the benefits that myself and my family experience from hosting international students from all over the world, and still experience. I mean, nice. they're still very, very much a part of my life today, and yeah. will continue to be. And if anybody was on the fence, um, I'd love to talk to them. They can speak to any of our coordinators because I think um, I think the program's you know really speaks for itself.
1: And uh, just, you know, because a nice little fun fact for us we do, there are, uh, this podcast is listened to in 11 different countries.
0: Oh, wow. Soon to be more. Soon
1: to be more. Okay. But on top of that, if there's anyone out there, any students out there that are listening, Come here for a little bit. They all stay. Get through your high school. When you turn 19, the beer's fantastic. <laughs> we
3: have a great beer. <laughs> wait wait till they're 19 wait no. yeah, 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 wait
1: until you're 19. When you're ready. When you're ready. But it's a young age, too, compared <laughs> yeah. to other countries. Some other countries, uh, uh, yeah. A
3: lot yeah. of the other countries. Yeah, are, yeah wait till 21 in the uh, U.S. That's uh, The
1: students. 25 in India.
3: Oh, my. Mm. The students here, a lot of them, they are of legal drinking age in their, com- their That's country. That's right. 15, yeah. 16, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. For, yeah. yeah. But even if they are 19 when they come here, we don't get many who are 19, but they still sign a contract that they will not drink alcohol. In our program. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, they have
1: to abide by rules within the program. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, come here for a little bit and then get out of the program and, <laughs> and, the <laughs> and drink the yeah. beers. Yeah. One yeah. Day. <laughs> so on that, I think we can end it and we can yeah, end with cheers. the yeah. cheers. Okay. To the internet so awesome much to cheers, going. guys. Thank you yeah. for having us. Thank so you, cool learning
0: about this program. I yeah. yeah. appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Terry. And yeah, thanks, thank six. Lo- uh, lo- Station six Station Six, for uh, a last-minute host that we really appreciate it. Very much so. Thanks again.